giant fucking drunk assholes. Yeah. I'm a traveling man, made a lot of stops all over the Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I'm your host, Adam Porchers, and I'm joined by the traveling man himself, Matt Smith. I was born a rambling man. <laughs> uh, so we missed a week, but that's okay, because uh, we when we miss a week, what do we do, Matt? We don't let oh, up. We, no, we, we make it up big. We make it up, and we make it up a big time, and that's what we're going to be doing for you guys this week. Uh, holy cow. So let's talk about what we're going to be talking about this week, uh, because last week we missed out on The Kingsman. That was a uh, the number one movie at the box office. They did quite well. Yes. Uh, and we're also going to be covering Friend re- friend Request. That's easy for me to say. <laughs> yeah, it did not do as well. Did not do office. well. What it, it didn't get much of nothing did did it hit double figures uh well let me pull up my chart i do not i don't i don't believe it did (laughs) but let me double check uh came in last week opening weekend um with 2.002 million yowza yowza that's not good i don't know what this thing cost to produce but it feels like it was more than 9.9 Okay, uh, well. But, you know, <laughs> uh, keep in mind it's horror. It's lower budget. Uh, it, it hasn't been in, been released internationally yet. Yeah. It may not be. Who knows? I mean, I'm sure it will be in some form. It's going to make that $10 million back at least. Like, I don't think anybody's out money on this thing. They'll, they'll be all right, I suppose. So, <clears throat> uh, so we'll be And if they're not, those. screw them. They made the movie. Yeah. Now we'll and we'll talk about whether or not uh, that was that was the right uh, was the right choice for uh, the the movie going public. Hmm? Huh? How's that for a tease, kids? Uh, but first of all, Matt, uh, we haven't done this in a while, so let's go on. Oh, uh, let me see. I can't fucking talk today, man. Mm. You gonna do a mail? We're gonna we're gonna open up that old mail bag. Bag. We're gonna open up the mail, you bag. Bail's here. And this one comes to us from Jacob. And uh, we have some atoning to do, I guess. Probably more me. Oh, my God. Hi, Adam and Matt. The other week, I became a Patreon supporter, and I'm not sure if Adam realizes, but each time someone subscribes that he recognizes, he says a little something about how that person is interacting with the Film Find and the other podcast. Well... When I subscribed, I was expecting the same treatment, but I just but I just got a name shout out. No blurb on oh, how I Adam. supported the film find. Yes, I'm sure this is my it is my fault. I get it. So either Adam <laughs> forgot to do this, or maybe he doesn't remember me. Well, I'll help you out, Adam, and write my own blurb for him. <laughs> <laughs> Please give this silly bastard all the help he can get. This is a Maui moment where I just say you don't need to say you're welcome, and then sing about all the things you should be appreciative of. <laughs> 
I don't think I don't think you're as endearing as that asshole. <laughs> so here's my blurb. Uh, it's to be read by Adam. <laughs> Said this. It's uh, instead of just saying my name. And and uh, oh look, look at this. Look at this, Matt. Yes. We have a new Patreon supporter, Jacob. This, oh, amazing. Yeah, this week we, we had Jacob become a Patreon supporter. Now, this cat has been a listener for several years now and has had a big impact on our show. A while back, there was a time when we, you know, had no listener emails. Jacob took the incentive and started writing us. Others hearing him write in started to also write in, and it really helped get the ball rolling with listener interaction. Also, there have been a few times during the last couple of months where we took a break from producing content. On both those occasions, it was an email from Jacob that motivated us to put out a show the very next day. So true, because <clears throat> you have to shame us occasionally. This is this not, is probably not anymore <laughs> now that we have another obligation. Uh, there were other listeners who wrote in to ask for uh, shows, but it was just happened to uh, just happened that his mail was the last straw to get things started again. So it goes to show just how much of an impact you listeners have on the show. Your support makes a difference. So go to Patreon and contribute whatever you can. He's writing this, not me, by the by. Uh, everything is appreciated greatly. We love to hear from you. So write us at thefilmfind at gmail.com and give us a five-star review on iTunes. You're welcome. That's from Jacob. Jacob. Listen, I'm a douchebag, and I think everyone knows that. That's listened to this show for however many years we've been doing it at this point. Yeah, uh, so it's no it's, surprise. It's, it's plain at this point. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that old chestnut, Adam, stupid, not, it doesn't know how to read. We all get I'm it. Not far behind, by the way, but I'm not in charge of emails, so. I do <laughs> you know what the worst part is? I never learned to read. Are you over there splashing water on your face? I will. Yes. <laughs> uh, I will say this, though. We did receive. Uh, now, God damn it. This puts me in a bind. We did receive a $5 pledge over at Patreon.com slash The Film Find uh, from Tim. Tim, thanks for that. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Tim has the biggest wang of any person I know. That's so true. Also, <laughs> gentleman and a scholar. And a Tim. scholar, no less. And I say that. <laughs> As someone who hopefully in the future will have a PhD, gentleman and a scholar. Well, I think wait, it, one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> well, I mean, look, he can he can be both and no, biggest I'm talking, wing of anyone. No, I'm talking know. about you. <laughs> oh well, I'm not. I'm not the gentleman. I mean, I am over here publicly airing how how uh, well hung our listeners are. Hey, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so thank you. And well, you know what, just for that next episode, which you'll, you'll receive, you know, toot sweet after this one, because we, we we're making up for shows. Uh, you'll hear all the patrons names, you know, read out on this program. So we thank each and every one of them. And we'll do that specifically come sounds uh, like a the next patron episode. roundup. Patron roundup, everybody. Now here's the thing. Speaking of that patron on roundup, those folks are also going to get more reviews, man, more things. More we, yeah. we we give and we give. And especially because we, we, we got some specials coming up. Especially because we kind of screwed up on this uh on this last week here. We want to make it up to you even quicker. So we're actually going to be doing uh probably the next day after you guys hear this, you're gonna be dropped a brand new review of an old movie. Uh we're gonna be reviewing the new flatliners coming up on the next episode of Film Fine. But for you Patreon listeners, you're actually going to get a review separately of the 1990 Flatliners. So you see how that kind of 
compares up to the new one and stuff. So, uh, you know, it should be fun. So you'll have that and a couple other uh, things that we got down the road for you. We'll talk about that in uh, upcoming episodes. So uh, it pays to be on Patreon, patreon.com slash the film find. We thank you and we appreciate you. And let's close up the mailbag. Bales here. All righty. Well, let's get into it, Matt. We have our traditional what you've been watching segment. What are you up to? Yep. I got a good one this week. So one thing that I did uh, when I was when I was traveling around mm-hmm. on my way back through Kansas City, the Alamo Draft House up there, nice, was having a special screening of Creature from the Black Lagoon. Ooh, where where's it in three D? It was mm, very nice. So. So a few years back, it was either in 2010 or 2013, I forget which year, um, Universal went back and cleaned up a bunch of their old monster movies, mm-hmm. and they uh, fully restored them into 4K. And uh, I got to say, uh, Creature is one of my favorites of this cycle, m- mostly because of the uh, of the creature design. You know, It's still so um, cool. It's the coolest, right? Uh, but also, like, not the most... Um, the most cited in pop culture, but it's very recognizable. Like, yeah. even if you've never seen the movie, you know what it is. You're like, oh, that um, thing. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, it's really amazing creature design. But I have to say, I've I've seen this movie maybe dozens of times, mm-hmm. at least at least one dozen. I'm gonna say it's probably at least two. Um, just because I love it so much, and it's a quick watch. It's like a like all of those movies, it's like an hour and. 20 minutes. I was say like 80 um, minutes. Yeah. And uh, this is the best I've ever seen it look. Hmm. And and it's amazing in 3D. Um, it's gimmicky in the ways that you would expect, but because it was kind of late in that 1953, 54 uh, cycle of 3D films that came out, uh, it's actually like pretty refined uh, as far as like how, how they're using depth. Mm-hmm. Um, so like frame framing and composition is really nice. Um, and it, it's still a crowd pleaser, man, that place. So it, it aired on a Sunday night at 7 PM and that draft house theater in Kansas city, Missouri sold out Wow! this show. It was packed. Um, and people were having a good time, man. So, uh, you know, I, I just, I love creature from the black lagoon if you see that restoration come anywhere near you, uh, I would say even if it's not in 3D, it's worth checking out because it looks really great on the big screen. Well, I can definitely say this. Uh, the the Blu-ray, which is also available in 3D at a pretty low price, too, I mean, especially considering 3D Blu-ray prices, uh, yep. I think you can still buy it for like maybe 10 bucks, maybe less. You can, and then also, I don't know if you saw this That's week, what I, om- I almost did this this week but i'm uh trying to conserve some cash uh this week universal just re-released all of them in blu-ray steel books mm. at best buy with uh with art by alex ross really oh i gotta take a look and, at those and i can't i'm good, not gonna man. buy them but i'll take a look at them <laughs> and they're not that expensive either i think they were 16 or 17 bucks but uh yeah 
like steelbooks with Alex Ross art. I, I almost like picked some up and I totally don't need to. So I should probably stop thinking about them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't I know it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and then, but don't worry, you've got, you've got next month and you know what happens next month. Uh, wait, what? I said, well, you, you have until next month. You know what happens next month, right? I get kicked out of my house. Well, that too. Buy and the biannual uh, Criterion sale in November. So, oh yeah, that's true. Uh, that's always we'll a... see. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> I've, I I've been trying to I've been trying to delve into mine, so I have an excuse to because I like last because like because they're usually what June or July, July. Uh, it's usually July and November, and then you know I'm surprised it it's probably going to be soon. Criterion.com usually does one in the spring and in the fall. Yeah. And so I'm just I would like I I've I've made it a mission of mine to kind of go back and uh, fill out the ones that I've I've gotten but haven't gotten around to watching all completely yet and going through all my stuff. So I'm just like, look, I've got before I buy any ones, I'm gonna have to go through all the ones that I've gotten but have yet to you know kind of delve into. Most of them are movies mm-hmm. I've watched, but still want to you know have actually cracked it open and watched it to, <laughs> right. to make it just go like, maybe you just didn't drop another $20 on something that you're just going to put on a shelf, you jackass. So, uh, uh, but there's some good stuff coming out, man. Uh, Philadelphia story. I'm looking forward to, uh, yeah, they get a whole, they get a whole slew of ones coming up. that are like, Ooh, 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 Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to like, almost disregard those emails when they come in because it's tough so, right because then they're just like oh well here's 10 more titles i want yeah. <laughs> well and you and you know what i think is probably going to be next week it, it's weird actually that they haven't started it but they usually do it for the three weeks leading up to or the two weeks leading up to halloween uh scream factory usually does a site-wide sale and uh i usually snag a bunch of stuff on there because they'll go like one week it'll be like these eight titles that are available and then they'll have like a daily title they do um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a, a tough wallet time. I think. Yeah, no, it's, that's, it's kind of how they do over there. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, that's, that's the big one. I got another one I'm going to talk about. Uh, a- actually, you know what? I don't, did I talk about, uh, I did talk about Suspiria on here, didn't I? I think do you remember? So, uh, I want to say I did. I think so. Yeah, I'm I'm like ninety percent. Hold on, let me check show notes real quick. <laughs> if you put them in there, I don't think I did. If you put them in, there. <laughs> I don't think I did. I don't remember if I. I it would it would have been a couple weeks ago, so I'm sure I talked about it. But uh, anyway, uh, I also saw a restoration of Suspiria, and it looked fucking amazing. Okay. So, uh, that's it. I've been trying to do things, but it's been you know uh, they're they're doing some retro flicks, and uh, the only ones I, I've seen a good many of them. Some of them I. I don't too much care about but the ones that they're going to do at arsley grand uh not too long uh double feature night no wait no no this one is fuck hold on because there's there's several people that are doing double features the one that i'm really excited about though is over at regal and i think regal is doing this nationwide but uh, a couple weeks in october they're doing a double feature of king kong and them yeah that'll be good hell yeah all about that uh, them is a great giant ant movie for those of you that have never seen it before. It is, uh, it's super cool. It's like from 1953, if memory serves. Uh, but it's a good uh, time. Yeah. Yeah. 19, that sounds right. 53. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. I'm uh, just going to say, yeah, a whole lot. Yeah. Speaking of old and classic things, let's get into what I've been watching. Uh, 
is flipping around and uh you know every now and then you'll stop on the old tcm there and find out something you know just classic classic good stuff i hadn't seen it in a while so i stopped and watched a night at the opera yeah Night of the Opera yeah. is a great Marx Brothers film. So damn funny. It's just, it is what those guys do. You know, I'd put it up there. You know, people automatically go to Duck Soup. When Duck Soup's great, don't get me wrong. But the Duck not, Soup is great. But Night at the but, Opera, I think, has a, it's, it's, it's a same yet different kind of great vibe, but it's, it's more of their awesome bits and stuff. You know, stuff that they did for years and stuff on vaudeville and everything, and they put it to the screen. And it's just, it's a hell of a lot of fun. And it's one of those especially when they're uh, all in the little car there and they're 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 letting more and more people into the room and you think they surely can't put more people in the room and they just keep stacking people on top of people on top of people in there and it is yeah. such a great running gag that it you know it took a lot of it takes a lot of skill to pull that off yeah you you're talking about the scene in the um in the stateroom yeah, so everybody everybody yeah. keeps coming in. In the crowded cabin. Exactly. There's like, yeah. oh, well, well, we got a room service to come in. Oh, well, here's somebody to come and fix the pipes. Uh, here's somebody that comes in to, uh, oh, yeah. do you want massages or whatever? And then they just, it keeps getting more. Oh, yeah, come on in. Oh, I think somebody's back there. You're going to have to climb over these people. Go right on I in. I think my favorite, uh, my favorite Groucho line in that, I forget, uh, I forget what it is, but like somebody says, uh, I think it's the, when the when the like plumber's assistant or the yeah. like the heat they he comes in and he's like I'll lay even money you can't get in the door. <laughs> <laughs> so I I show that clip to uh to students to when I'm talking about the Marx Brothers if I'm not going to show them a whole Marx Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. Um and it kills every time. It's great. It's just yeah. it's that kind of old school just Great visual comedy, but the part is too is that, like you said, there are jokes interspersed in there too. So it's not just like, oh, look at this other thing. There's jokes smattered throughout the entire thing, so it's yeah. funny all it's, the way around. It's got the sanity clause bit. It's mm-hmm. got uh, it's got some of their best musical numbers, which are always the parts where people go, oh, this movie's slow. But remember, they're like doing their vaudeville routine, right? Mm-hmm. But like, but like Chico's uh, piano routine in that one's really great. Uh, Harpo's routine is really great. Um, yeah, the whole contract just, bit is just—it's like that. Yeah. That's just me. I love that old school, just bullshit. Just like, well, we can't have that bit in there. Tear it off. Yeah, party <laughs> of the first part, party of the second part. Well, that's that's a that's a no good to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get rid of him. All right, let's say no more. <laughs> so good. It's hilarious. So uh, yeah, if, if y'all haven't seen Night at the Opera, like, do yourselves a huge favor. It's so it's good. So good. Uh, speaking of. Uh, you know, the old classics there and everything and dipping into that Criterion collection. Uh, I had Ace in the Hole forever, but never even bothered. That one I didn't even unwrap for a while. I don't know why. In case you could sell it back, I guess. I guess, but uh, <laughs> I sure shoot. And I'm glad that I didn't do it because, man, Billy Wilder, That that's really all you should have to say for this is like, hey, guys, here's a Billy Wilder movie. Maybe you should just go see it. Because it's just it's Billy what the Wilder, man does. I don't think ever made a movie that I didn't enjoy. I don't think they're all classics. They're not all like amazing, but like, I mean, you just line that guy's stuff up. I mean, all the all the Jack Lemmon pictures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sunset Boulevard, Double Indemnity. And it was funny because uh, just before Night at so the good. Opera, uh, uh, some like it hot was actually uh, going off the air at the time, and it's just like, and still, I'd say one of the, I'd say probably the best one line ender of all movies of all times. And nobody's perfect. <laughs> it's just the yeah. best. It's so good. 
but well, he, he also, by the way, like uh, directed one of the best Marilyn Monroe movies. Um, not just uh, some like it hot, but um, uh, the seven year itch. Say seven year itch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which is one of the best ones. Uh, that that movie, if you want, if you've ever wondered like what Marilyn Monroe's about, there's two movies. It's that one, mm-hmm. uh, Seven Year Itch, and then it's uh, Howard Hawks's uh, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Yes. And if you watch both of those movies, you will 100. percent You'll it. figure it out. <laughs> yeah. You'll put it together. Uh, but uh, Ace in the Hole. Uh, yeah. For those of you that don't know what it's about, uh, so Kirk Douglas plays a newspaper reporter who's been uh, kind of ejected from every place that he's ever that he's ever worked at. He's kind of he's kind of shiftless, I would say. I'd put that as you know. Wouldn't you say that's about right? <laughs> shiftless and lazy. Yeah. Uh, but kind yeah, of makes he, up some he stuff. Ends up like he ends up out west somewhere, right? It's been a few years since I've seen it. Yeah, uh, I forget the oh maybe it's. I want to say, say it's somewhere like uh, it's like a Midwest, like Oklahoma no, no. or New Mo- New Mexico. Yeah, New Mexico, New Mexico, Arizona, something along those lines. It's a deserty sort of place. Uh, so he gets in there and uh, he he goes out and they're going. Him and his uh, photographer, they're going out on this trip and everything. He's pissed off. He's like, he walks into this place and just goes, "Please give me a job. I swear, I'm a I'm a two hundred dollar a day man. I'll give it to you for seventy five. So he's actually been working in this paper for a while. They send him out, and him and the photographer go out to uh, this Easter egg hunt or something along those lines. And uh, they they get a little diverted out there and realize, hey, there's a man that's stuck down in this mine. He's been going down there looking for, like, Indian treasure and stuff like that. And the uh, bits of the mine have collapsed on him. He's stuck inside, can't get out. So, of course, he goes, hey, I, I see an opportunity here. I'm going to make a story out of this. And actually, I'm going to kind of manipulate the area and all this other stuff and how things are working because I want this thing to drag out as long as it can because it looks like they may be able to get him out by the end of the day. Well, getting him out by the end of the day is not going to be a whole hell of a lot of story, right? So he goes, we're going to stretch this thing out. Uh, he, and he convinces, like, he just, he bamboozles everybody in the town and just goes, like, and feeds off of everybody's, you know, uh, narcissism. And says, look, you'll be famous. You'll be able to get this. And like everybody from the guy's wife to uh, the sheriff in town to the uh, the guy who's, uh, you know, working in the mine trying to get him out and everything. It is so good. And it shows how the media works and how um, we're all very narcissistic. Everybody wants their own slice of something. Uh, the wife starts to kind of lose interest in, in, in her husband that's going down there. They have a failing business. And all of a sudden, everyone starts gathering around. The word starts getting out. There's literally a circus that forms outside of this cave. Everybody's wanting and waiting and hoping uh, for this guy, and it's it's uh, and it gets gross. It's just it becomes a spectacle of saving a person's life, and it's all for this guy who's essentially trying to you know up his career and get you know get higher and higher in the business of the newspaper. Yeah, and he's really just he's crapping on everyone, and the worst thing is is he's also corrupting everyone else around him. It is such a good movie and is, uh, you know, it's what, 63 something years old now at this point, maybe, maybe a little older than that. Uh, yeah, I want to say what, it's like 50 or 51, something along those lines. It's in the other yeah. room. Uh, but it is, uh, it's, it's just as if not more prevalent today and meaningful as to what happens in this movie. Uh, it is a great watch. Kurt Douglas is just fantastic. It is, it is unbelievable how that man is still alive. <laughs> Uh, that's one foot on a banana peel, one in the grave. I'll tell you that. But uh, he's great in it. Everybody is so good, and and, it, and again, it shows you the, uh, the 
the great Billy Wilder being able to do something as as crazy and silly and fun as some like it hot and then do something as serious as this or like double indemnity and things like that. You know, that's what I love mm-hmm. about that guy is that he has such a, uh, in a good way, grab bag of, you know, of, of films out there to when you watch it, you don't necessarily would say like, Oh, that's like his absolute, I wouldn't put the auteur theory on him per se, but, uh, because he's, he's almost a chameleon. He's so damn good at what he does. Yeah. He and he and Howard Hawks are very similar filmmakers and then mm-hmm. like, they could really just work in whatever genre they felt like. I mean, they were completely competent in the craft. Yeah, exactly. That's somebody who just knows craft inside and outside, and no matter what you put in front of them, they're going to go, oh, what a delicious meal. Boom, and just kill it every single time. Yeah, Um, and and you can definitely see, like, some of their stylistic flourishes, but they're not... They're not as uh, like readily identifiable as somebody like Hitchcock's were. Right, exactly. You can look and just point out certain things with that. Th- these these guys are a bit more fluid in the best of ways, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, I also got to check out. Uh, well, let's go. We'll go TV, then I'll wrap to movies because that'll also wrap around because we do have an email about that as well. Uh, okay. I had a chance to check out uh, the new Star Trek Discovery. Now, I only actually watched the. Uh, first half of the pilot because the pilot is actually a uh, a two part. Was the two parts? Yep. I watched the first half. You want to know why? Because it's why? fucking boring. Yeah. It's it's I just like I'm a big Star Trek guy from back in the day. Uh, for those of you that know the show for quite some time, I, I've always lived in a world where Star Trek and Star Wars and shit were in the house. Uh, my dad grew up with Star Trek in the '60s. And so it's always been on the plate. You know, we watched original series growing up. And of course, when Next Generation uh, launched, that was a big deal. We were always sitting around the TV watching that when that came on. Uh, so been, been, a, been a Trek fan for a good long while. <clears throat> and we're always wanting Trek to kind of come back to television stuff. Well, it sort of came back for one night and then is online to which you also will have to pay for it now. Uh, but it is just um, this thing. It looks a lot like. Uh, it, it's more of the J.J. Abrams style than anything else, uh, w- yeah. which I like J.J. Abrams stuff. I mean, those the, the three Star Trek movies, two of which he did, um, I like well enough. They're they're maybe not spectacular, but they're not god awful either. You know, they have a lot of fun with what yeah. they're doing, but there's also a bit of levity, a little bit of fun in there. Um, and and I'm gonna still continue to give it a shot. But man, oh man, am I just kind of bored with this thing? I think the Klingons look stupid. The idea is kind of dumb to me so far. I want to be one back, but I'm certainly not hyped. Have you had a chance to see it? Watch the second episode. So the second episode brings it brings something to it, or the second half of the first episode, I, I guess I should say. Yeah, I mean, so I will say not ha- like the you know the third episode just came out this week. I haven't watched it yet, mm-hmm. but um, I will say that. Uh, the first two have their flaws. I think one of them is that uh, Brian Fuller left way too early in the creation of this show. And uh, of course, um, what's his name? Kurtzman took over, right? So mm-hmm. that's why it has some of that J.J. Abrams feel. Um, but uh, that toward the middle part of the second uh, part of the pilot, it really starts to pick up and shit gets uh, real a little bit. And um, I'm really interested to see where the show goes now, especially since I know that they're approaching it as a, as a single 15-episode narrative as opposed to episodic. 
Okay, so all right, well, th- all right, that that makes things at least a little bit interesting here. So I, so perhaps, uh, if they finish this series up, then, because it's just like I think, and they may bite it. I don't know, but do we are are we ever going to get any kind of ideas to how how much, if at all, people are fucking watching this thing? We'll we'll see, I guess, but uh. I th- I think it's a lot of people because uh, my my Twitter uh, feed definitely has a lot of people chattering about it all the time. Because hmm. I'm just um, like it's something like like I said I, I love Star Trek I want to love I want to love it but I was kind of just bored with it and like and questioning things and like it seemed like yeah, a lot of style over is substance. not great. I I think that the pilot should have uh, should have been a single hour hour fifteen tops, not two full like forty five minute episodes. Yeah, I gotta go back. I'll I'll go back and watch. I'm gonna give it a chance, but I just maybe I think I kind of wanted to let it build up a little bit and get there. But I'll tell you another reason why I didn't watch it is because of another show I've been watching called oh, yeah? The Orville. Uh, and how's that one? I like, uh, first of all, I went to the, I, it's, people may or may not know, uh, not the hugest of Seth MacFarlane fan. Uh, I was a big family guy right. fan back in the day for the first like four seasons. After that, they really, to me, got stale and repetitive and boring. And then I stopped watching cause I kept seeing the same jokes repeated over and over and over again until one day I actually watched an episode and predicted a punchline. And then I'm like, well, that's it. I'm out. And it was one of those like shoot off into something else, you know, sort of things to where I'm like, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. Then it actually happened. And I was like, well, that's no, I'm sorry. It's just you know, I was off board. And while I think Seth MacFarlane has some talent to him, uh, I like I said, not the biggest of fan. Right. Uh, so I was very wary going into this of like, you know. Okay, so he's doing, you know, a spoofy Star Trek sort of thing. Is this going to be kind of like a Galaxy Quest, but with McFarlane's humor in it and stuff? And it's not. It's not that at all. And while it does have some humor in it, I will say this. This show is, uh, granted, you've all now heard what I've seen as far as Star Trek Discovery goes, but this is more Star Trek than Star Trek right now. I've actually heard that as both a positive and a negative from different uh, parts of the fan spectrum. I mean, I can understand. I mean, some people want to go beyond what we, you know, used to kind of get in Star Trek and stuff. And they want more of the, you know, the JJ, you've got your Star Wars in my Star Trek kind of thing, you know? But for me, well, go ahead. Well, I've specifically heard about the Orville that uh, more so than the other way around, that people were upset about it not being funnier. Yeah, I, it, I can totally understand that, and but I'm glad that it's not because. And I'll say this: watch the first three episodes. If by the ep- end of episode three you don't go, this is one of this is better Star Trek than Star Trek, mm-hmm. as far as like what's currently out right now. You know, I, I'll give you all your money back uh, because it is that good. There's an episode three, the the third episode. I forget what the name of it is, uh, but it is essentially. Here, here's here's what here's what it kind of goes to. There's a there's a race on board that is only consists of males. Okay, right. And uh, by the second episode, we find I think the second episode we find out that a uh, one of the that the member the main guy I forget his name. You know, three episodes in, we don't remember everyone's names just yet. Sorry, uh, but he is actually pregnant and is going to he's going to hatch an egg. You know, so they have an egg there, and his job is to go and sit on it and blah blah blah. Uh, so by the next episode, he goes and then has that baby. And the baby is a female, which happens at about one in uh, like a million. 
people of, mm-hmm. his, of his species. And so he decides that, you know, a, as is per, you know, usual with, with his race and everything, um, he goes to the, doc, the ship's doctor and everything and says, okay, now, now you're going to perform a sex change on this thing because uh, it needs to be male just to be like everyone else in my species. This is an abnormality. This is weird. You know, we got to change it. And you think it's going to be just about that, but it's about so much more than that. And you think because it's the regular Hollywood deal that you also think that you're going to know what the outcome is. And they don't give you an answer one way or the other. It does what classic Trek does best, which was get you to think about what's going on, get you to question things, maybe even question your own thoughts and ideals. It's smart. It is one of like, and, and yes, there are a couple of jokes and stuff in there and they're all, you know, it's fine, but it's really smart. And I was kind of shocked at how intelligent they took this whole thing. They go over to the planet. I mean, they're like Klingons, if you will, but like an all male Klingon species. They go to the planet. They have like a court proceeding and stuff there. And it's interesting. We don't have to worry about action, but like, you know, it, it tackles those things that Star Trek uh, you know, talked about back in the day and what Roddenberry kind of started when he was doing Star Trek was like, hey, we're going to have different allegories and stuff that could be related to our current modern times. But at the same time, we're not going to preach at you. You know, you're going to be able to figure it out and put things together. And and sometimes Star Trek was a little bit, you know, conky over the head hard with it, you know. Uh, but sometimes they did it skillfully and masterfully well. And I think, you know, if you get to this third episode and you watch that and just go, damn, that wasn't a fine hour of television, I don't know what's wrong with you, but I strongly suggest people check it out. Uh, the effects are good. The uh, the set construction, everything looks fantastic. It doesn't look cheap. It looks, honest to God, it, it looks like at least like next generation, if not better quality. It's good stuff. And I can't believe I'm saying I am not only enjoying, but wholeheartedly endorsing a Seth MacFarlane product. <laughs> well, that's interesting. I So the reason I haven't sat down with that show yet is because of something... Not, not that it's going to stop me from doing it. It's just a time thing. Uh, I did not know that they were fucking hour episodes. And then I, I went to go watch <laughs> one. I was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> this is this is not a 23-minute sitcom? No, exactly. And that's what's great about it. And like, It is done, like, just imagine Star Trek The Next Generation, but with some jokes thrown in. That's And, and not even Something. a ton, but not even a ton of jokes. Just enough to make it like... What if, because it's set, like, I think 400 years in the future, you uh-huh. know, we, we're probably not going to be that, that much different from ourselves in 400 years. Probably not that much, you know, but, uh, yeah, well, there, there will certainly be Seth MacFarlane still around. No, there certainly will be, <laughs> but, uh, I, I suggest people try it, man. I, I went in as, as skeptic as one could be. And I came out going, I like this better than I like, you know, proper real Star Trek that's out right now. So it was one of Seth MacFarlane's long dreams to actually go through and kind of do a, you know, and do Star Trek, reboot Star Trek for television. He obviously, they obviously would not let him. And this is, so he said, screw you. I guess I'm going to go and do my own Star Trek. And it's fucking Star Trek, dude. It's good. Star Trek with some jokes. So Jeff, definitely check out the Orville. It is on Fox right now. I think there's probably four or five episodes out currently, but uh, definitely worth a watch. I'm going to continue to watch it. Uh, and the last thing that I'll cover here on this particular episode is Lego Ninjago. Mmm, yeah, that's a movie I went to go see. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, I, I was a big fan of the Lego movie. I think you liked it as well. Uh, Lego movie's good. I enjoyed Lego Batman. Lego Batman was fantastic. Absolutely loved it. 
Uh, and honestly, the trailer for this made me kind of excited for this one as well. And uh, it's okay. It's not great. It's okay. I Justin Thoreau is like, he's kind of like the main bad guy and stuff. But he sounds an awful lot like Will Arnett. I'm like, just get Will Arnett. <laughs> was he not available? What was, what's going on? Uh, but it's it's okay. I, I you know watch the trailer you'll pretty much figure it out. Some of the jokes are kind of you know they're okay, but some are lame. But it doesn't have the charm and and glee that you have uh, with the original Lego Movie and with Batman Lego. So unless you have like a kid and stuff, I, I can't say I'd necessarily recommend it. Uh, not for really adults. I think adults can watch those other two and have a wholehearted blast with them. This, I kind of go, meh. But I do want to read Maria's email here because uh, it's entitled uh, Lego Ninjago, A Mom and Kid Take. So this will give you someone yeah, else's was, I've been looking forward to this. Hey, guys. So uh, this is from Maria. Hey, guys. Uh, so I brought my five-year-old son to see the Lego Ninjago movie. That is never going to be easy to say. I just wanted to send an email uh, your way in regards to my thoughts and my boy's thoughts on the movie. Uh, when, I, when I went in, I was expecting it to be a fun kids movie and I didn't have too high expectations. This movie definitely went a little beyond my expectations. The first half of the movie was a little slow and my little guy was getting a little restless. However, once everything happens with the secret ultimate weapon, it started really picking up. The movie definitely started moving along uh, well with the pairings between all the characters are great. The voice cast did a really great job. The movie actually had some touching scenes towards the end, which I did not expect. I did not plan on feeling quote-unquote emotions <laughs> towards the end of the movie. Overall, it was a great kids movie and had a lot of memorable scenes and characters. My little guy loved the scenes with the cat, uh, Garmadon, and the sharks. I, I got a nephew who's like three years old. He loves some sharks too, man. Kids and sharks these days. I don't know what it's about. Uh, that's all they really have to say about it. Then again, he is five. I think slightly older kids might appreciate the movie a little bit more than my guy, but uh, maybe in the six to eight year old range, keep on rocking guys. Maria from upstate New York. Uh, Maria. No, I, I think that honestly, I think that age is probably about appropriate for this. I can understand how the first little bit would be kind of boring. Uh, Jackie Chan is in this, not only as the voice of a Lego, but in some live action stuff as well. Uh, it's what kind of is the, wait, what? Yeah. Jackie Chan live action what? is in this movie. Wait, explain how this works to me. It's it's the it's is, a, is it a is it a thing I should just say for the theater? Is it good? No, not really. Oh <laughs> no, it's a bookend. Oh, okay. It's it's a bookend on how they get to the story of Lego Ninjago. Oh. Uh, like the most Jackie Chan so, thing you see Jackie Chan doing is catching some cups. Which, by the way, I will give them credit for this. They had Jackie Chan outtakes in the credits. Well, that's good. It's kind of fun that way, but I just, at the same time, I'm really like, looking yeah. forward to his uh, new movie. By the oh, way. yes, yes, you are anyway, right. The, I don't want the Jackie want Chan Death Wish. Much, I fucking love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, man, look, I, I, this is this is definitely of all the Lego movies and stuff. I would say this one is probably geared the most towards younger kids. There are some. There are some. You know. Uh, Emotional type elements in it, but they didn't get to me nearly as much as the Lego movie and Batman did. Uh, and and I'm in you guys know I'm a soft touch on these sorts of things and they didn't really bother me. But at the same time, you know, because the end of the Lego movie is really to me, that's 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 a real heart clencher right there. This felt more like a uh, well, there you go. <laughs> Isn't that a thing? <laughs> well, I will I will say I was very interested when you said there was live action Jackie Chan. Mm -hmm. Uh I may still watch the. I will watch this at some point, but uh, that is that is not a guy who who deserves to be Peter Falked. 
No, he doesn't. You're right. That's that's a good. I like that. I like that comparison. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like, not saying that there's anything at all wrong with Princess Bride, but no, no, know. no. But you're not wrong here either. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's pretty. <laughs> I never put that together, but yeah, he's <laughs> exactly he's exactly Peter Falk in this movie. He goes, oh, let me tell you a little story about this, and he pulls out like a little hand card. We don't have to do the accents, Adam. Let's yeah. calm down. <laughs> I'm a good I'm a good Jackie Chan impression, but he pulls out a little Lego, <laughs> a little wooden Lego thing that he's carved. I'm like, how the fuck does he have this in this antique store that he's got? It's so bizarre and weird. Amazing. And then the kid like wants to learn karate and shit. Man, like, what the fuck is this movie about? <laughs> It's not very good. It's not horrible, but it ain't good. All right. Speaking of things that aren't good, let's get into our first review. Uh, we're actually going to talk about Kingsman. Uh, if you've heard film fo- or hear movie podcast, you know that's not how I feel about this movie. But let's go ahead and listen to the trailer. That's the only segue I had. We're from the Kingsman Taylor's shop in London. Maybe you've heard of us. marks the beginning of a new age. Wait, I'm gonna show you. Say goodbye to the Kingsmen. Kinda got a bit of a save the world situation here. Welcome to Statesman. As your American cousins, we'll be working side by side. Let's get started. We've got brains, skills, skipping rope. It's a lasso. Whatever. Yeah, it is. Manners maketh man. Do you know what that means? All right, that was the trailer for Kingsman the Golden Circle, last week's new release. Here's the IMDb plot line. When their headquarters are destroyed and the world is held hostage, the Kingsman journey, uh, the Kingsman's journey leads them to discover an allied spy organization in the U.S. These two elite secret organizations must band together to defeat a common enemy. This is starring Taron Edgerton, Colin Firth, Mark Strong, Channing Tatum, Jeff Bridges, Julianne Moore, and many, many more. As I said, directed by Matthew Vaughn, written by Matthew Vaughn and Jane Goldman, who also, uh, same team that brought you the first Kingsman movie. And uh, so I, I've had some thoughts on this outside uh, for a while now. Everybody may have heard them over at uh, Here Movie Podcast, HereMoviePodcast.com. Uh, Matt, let's get your thoughts, man. Uh, I loved it. <laughs> All right. I next had movie. a lot of fun <laughs> during this. Okay. Next movie. Next one. Um, no man. Uh, so when when Kingsman came out, uh, I think it was one of your and my uh, like favorite movies that year. Yeah, so good. A couple years back, uh, it's really well done. 
this one is uh, is certainly uh, subscribing to the if you like that you'll like this plus more because uh, we we're adding more to it kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, philosophy of making a sequel. Um, but uh, I I gotta say even the moments that were repetitive, even the similarity of plot structure, uh, including um, spoiler alert double agents mm-hmm. um i still really dug it i love this world i like all of the actors um this one had some emotional weight behind it uh at the beginning uh when um uh the kingsmen are just destroyed as well as with uh the return of um harry mm-hmm. colin firth and i and i enjoyed uh like the expansion of the kingsmen cinematic universe if we're going to go there yeah i don't think i don't think we should i hope it doesn't become like 17 different movies i don't want a statesman film no Um, i don't either but they are i from what i understand uh, they are looking to at least do a third one yeah and and with and with the money that it's made with the money that's made it it probably more than likely will at this point yeah, I mean, look, it, it's not making as much money as the first film did. Um, but I think as at this moment, that's okay. Um, the first it's been a film, down year for everybody almost. <laughs> what's that? It's been a down year well, for everybody for, except for like Warner Brothers. <laughs> well, and and really this one's this one's not down. It's mostly down domestically. Mm. Right? I mean, it's a it's tracking about how it was uh, foreign gross for the first one um, to where by the time it's all out, it's out in every country and, it, and it's made the rounds everywhere. It may have lost. It may not have made quite as much as the last go round, but it's still tracking along that same route here. It's down a little bit, but uh I have no doubt that it'll just stay steady for a minute. I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff coming out, but um, nothing that feels I'm, like I'm it's going to deplace it gross, too too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, this movie cost 104 million to make. Uh, internationally, it's already made 211 million. I think it's yeah. pretty solid to They're say we'll, we'll get the chance of a, of a final film. Yeah, yeah. And, and I and and I hope that that's how they do it. I, I, I want to see this closed out. I don't want to see it get long in the tooth and us just wishing for its death. Right. And and one thing that I think will be, will become intriguing and what I want from the sequel is to explore how that world opens up, uh, given how this film ends with Exy becoming literal royalty. Yeah, I, I, I think that it could be an interesting place for this thing to go and being able to see how that works out. Um, I liked all of it. Like I like I love the brashness of it. I love the over the topness. I mean, a, a fucking electric lasso that like chops people in half. It's like awesome, yeah. dude. Come on. Also, I I haven't read anything about this movie because uh, re- reading reviews lately has just bored bored me to tears. <laughs> um, although that's something I generally like. It's just lately I haven't been able to do it. I haven't been able to focus on it mm-hmm. uh, or, or cared. Um, but uh, I don't. So I don't know how anybody felt about it. But I really enjoyed how long the Elton John cameo was. Yeah, it was kind of shocking. I thought it would like, just be like, like maybe like two minutes. But he was there for yeah, a couple that, of days. Clearly. Yeah, he, I mean, he was. 
in some major scenes. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, like, like that they definitely shot over a period of days. Not even a couple, but yeah. like maybe a week or two. I want to see um, Elton John in that tracksuit all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he's also really funny, man. Yeah. Uh, when, he, when he screams at all the guards, fuck you. I, like, I laughed every time. I don't know why. I mean, I love Elton John. Yeah. And it is funny watching uh, older people curse, especially when you know uh, in their younger days that they were giant fucking drunk assholes. Yeah. Uh, so you know Elton John was a badass, and this is just him like, yeah, I'm still a badass. Fuck y'all. <laughs> hey, I may I may look like your 75-year-old Nana, but I'm still going to be a badass. <laughs> right. And, he's he's and, so but great. I, but I just it. I enjoyed him. that he kept cropping up. I was like, oh, this isn't just like a throwaway gag when they're in the theater. Yeah, just like he was this like, he's keep, like. Uh, and then, by the, and then by the end, he's like kicking henchmen's asses. Like he's like literally a <laughs> crucial part to one of the character's survivals in the story. Yeah. It's, great. it's like what? Wait a minute! Hold on, <laughs> and with the flying kick, I love it. Uh-huh. It's, just, it's so and, and ridiculous. I, and, and and to go to go uh, back to uh, you know the bigger, louder, more of it uh, mode. Uh, I enjoyed all of the fight scenes in here too. So fun. They were all, they were all good and fun. I don't know that any of them topped the church scene. It's tough to do. I'd also like that. that They don't try to do that either. Yeah. They didn't really try to do it. They just kind of did their own thing and they were all good. Yeah. Um, Julianne Moore. Fantastic as always. Yeah. Her, (laughs) her character, um, and like the, the weird, like retro nostalgia of poppy land. Yep. Um, what a weirdo. It's so I mean, it's fun and like, it's so different. That's what I like about uh-huh. it. It's just so different. Something that we just haven't seen before. It's like, oh yeah, then, drug lord. It's going to be this beautiful lady, you know, you know, of a certain age, and the entire place is not going to be some rundown thing. It's it's retro fifty style. It's like it's so and, cool and different. I love it. Yeah, well, and I also loved that, like the U.S. Uh, the the unofficial official policy of the United States government from the president was just like yeah we're going to let people die cuz morals. Yeah, it's it was it's so silly and then of course, you know, with with people well, within your it's own. it's beyond silly. It's real. Well, that's <laughs> it's well. Just fucking real. Yeah, you do you do watch it and just go like <laughs> you'd probably give the thumbs up to this, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you United <laughs> States? You probably would say uh, look, I don't, I don't understand what's, what's, what's wrong with this situation. What are you stupid? <laughs> oh my god! Fuck them. Let's all get it. And yeah. Like it's, it's great because it is such a straight, awesome, like really bad evil. And, and uh-huh. I, I love, I, I love. He's just like, nah, we don't care. Like, whoa! <laughs> it's like I'm gonna sign it, but I'm not really gonna sign it, and everyone's just gonna die. I'm like, damn, that's hardcore. I love it. Yeah, you gotta, gotta get rid of the, uh, the, the. Um lawbreakers maybe. but i also love like I, I love the idea because it's so far-fetched but still at the same time so fantastic it's just like is how deep poppy's veins run is that it is uh-huh. everywhere in society it's like like everybody is getting from the same dealer essentially it's astounding how many people are there and how they all have the same dealer because yeah i'll tell you this kids it, it there's never been that consistency there's just not. If you've ever bought drugs, not, it's, not even from the same dealer. Yeah, yeah, I've like, got, like I've got from week to week. You can get whatever the fuck that dealer. You're, has. you're like, what is this? Is this what you're giving me this week? This is not okay. I mean, it is what it is, and I'm not going to fight you on it. But you know, this is not as good as you know a month ago. 
I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I assume. I assume. <laughs> I, I've, I've seen the wire. I know how this works. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the wire, man. Sometimes they're cut with things. You don't. Sometimes you you don't know. Kids. You don't know what it is, man. Fucking. It could be anybody. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I I just like I think I tweeted out like you know if they can stay as consistent. Granted, they probably wouldn't, but you know we'll we'll see. Uh, well, we'll definitely see. Um, like I, w- I actually would not mind a Kingsman sequel every two or three years. Yeah. Like I like like I feel like they could franchise this similar to the way they did Bond. Um, particularly if they're only going like, you know, 11, 12 years with the same actors, and then and then cut it. Like don't franchise it like Bond in that way, but just kind of like you know let's let's do like the roger moore era where they were churning out a movie every two years two and a half years and it lasted for just over a decade let's do that but yeah and and i think the big thing here is that uh and that we haven't seen from other stuff is matthew vaughn was on for a sequel matthew vaughn just does not do sequels you know and And, so i think he really just loves the universe man mm -hmm. and why wouldn't he it's it's got to be a fun playground yeah, and to me that that shows that he really cares and he wants to do this. And if his heart's in it, man, go ahead and let him do it, and you know keep it up as long as you can, just as long as your heart's still in it. But the second you start you start to not feel it, let it go. Yeah. But uh, I, you know, definitely a good time. I'm sure most people uh, in our audience have seen it. But if you haven't and you enjoyed the first one, go because it's 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 uh, it's definitely well worth watching. Uh, let's find out if our second movie is well worth watching. Here is a uh, trailer for Friend Request. Who's that? A girl in my class. Zero friends. Super weird. Yeah. I thought we were friends. Why did you accept my friendship? committed suicide. There was a video uploaded. I urge you not to watch it. I saw the medical report. It is insane. So according to you, Miss Woodson, this video just magically appeared on your timeline. I'm not posting this. Did you try changing your password? Yes, yes, I've tried everything. She's been back in my friends list. You have no idea how crazy that is, do you? That is what code normally looks like. Not this. This isn't code. It's her. Possessing and haunting them. We've all been dying for her! What do you want from me? I just want to be best friends. Forever. (laughs) Boy, that, that ended abruptly. That was a trailer for a friend request. <laughs> IMDb plotline, a popular college student graciously accepts a social outcast online friend request, but soon finds herself fighting a demonic presence. <clears throat> 
that wants there to make do. her lonely by killing her closest friends. This is directed by Simon Verhoeven. Do we know if that's any relation or just a quinkadink? I haven't looked it up. Starring Alicia Debon Debon Carey, William Mosley. Sure. It's, it's folks you haven't heard of, let's be frank. Uh, this is Warner Brothers flick. Uh, I guess Warner Brothers was just like, hey, man, you know, we, we got this uh, we got this It movie out. We'll just put another movie out here that we just kind of, I guess, have the rights to but don't really give a crap about, so we're going to toss it out there. Uh, it did not make a whole uh, lot of money. And um, I'll say this. I did not hate this movie. Okay, explain further. Uh, it's... It's all right. I mean, I like the premise. The premise is kind of fun and interesting. Is it amazing? No. Will it scare you? Probably not a ton. There's a there's a couple of moments in it. I mean, if you're um, if you're very prone to being scared by stuff, you might not like it. But uh, it was it was decent. It was it was decent. It was it's R rated, which is nice. You know, we don't have mm-hmm. enough R rated horror films these days. Uh, you know, I, I did not know that until uh, the two friends dropped the F-bomb one after the other. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is R-rated now. Yeah. And it's it, like nothing, nothing up till that point had been like gory or whatever yet. So. Right. But it, but it gets there enough with stuff. It, it never really goes over the top. It doesn't go for broke by any stretch of the imagination. No. But you could you we've seen a lot worse horror movies in, for this program. So actually, I know this director. I just didn't know it was this director. Ah. Uh, so it's a German filmmaker mm-hmm. um, who, uh, who directed a really good movie called uh, uh, The Miracle of Bern, of Bern, B-E-R-N. Mm. Um, uh, but he's so it's not he has not he's not related to Paul at all. Ah, well. But his father, Michael Verhoeven, is also a German filmmaker who um directed one of my favorite German films of the uh, early 90s called The Nasty Girl. Um, the with, Janet uh, Jackson Lena, biopic. With Lena Stolze. It's really good. Um, anyway, The Nasty Girl is fucking awesome. Hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, that, that I just wanted to clarify who this was since okay. I was looking it up. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so this movie, Friend Request, is... Um, it is not bad. Uh, it's it's not particularly good. Right. But I was intrigued enough to see where in the hell it was going. And I liked that it was not just doing another uh, like straight up haunted house movie. Yeah. Kind of, and there was of, uh, there was interesting right? visual style and stuff to it. There You don't exactly yep. know where things are going. And and that's rare yep. for horror movies these days because we can usually track them out from the get of go, figure it out, and just it's an easy paint by number step. This has a little bit of that, but not so much that it it uh, telegraphs it from a mile away. Exactly, and and that twist of uh, like witchcraft being responsible mm-hmm. is uh, something that I really dug actually. Um, you know, uh, anybody who's listened to this show or talked to me online for any amount of time knows my proclivities as far as like things that are really interesting to me. And uh, this one definitely hit like several different strands of my interest beyond whether or not the movie is any good. Um, so, you know, witches and computers and technology and, you know, hauntings. 
are all good. All good things. <laughs> all of the hauntings. But I, I, I also liked how it was like it was clearly Facebook, but Facebook is not branded on this anywhere, which I thought yeah, was like thank, really fun. Thank Christ, because uh, fuck giving that company some money. Yeah, <laughs> but it's but it's just so obviously and blatantly. I'm just like, if I was, I don't know how Facebook just doesn't go. Oh yeah, we're gonna be suing you because uh-huh. what what is this? I, like it's the same. It's it's practically the same damn thing. <laughs> it's so hilarious of how close it is. Right. Well, one thing that I, that I also enjoyed is that um, this movie continues the time honored tradition of using people who are all um, <laughs> like in their thirties <laughs> to, to play high schoolers. Well, no, and it's pretty fucking good. Well, it's college. It's college. Well, whatever. <laughs> They're all in their thirties. They're all still too old to be here though. I think, I think that the youngest one might be the lead. Actually. I looked them all up last night and I think she was born in 93. Yeah, Britt um, Brit Morgan, she's 30. That's the that's the blonde. She looked the yeah. oldest, and well, sorry for nothing, but and, it is what it is. And Well, and, like, uh, I was trying to, like, remember, like, where have I seen her before? Like, like a while back, right? I was like, she, I know that she's not, a t- like, a teenager or college age. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's because she was in True Blood. Like. Oh, really? Like like eight years ago, yeah, she had a she played a werewolf, uh, as as she might, uh, with her uh, facial bone structure. You um, and your werewolf looking face. But uh, I mean, I, I really like her as an actress. But that's it drove me nuts for like ten minutes until I figured it out. I was like, oh, she's in True Blood. <laughs> and and I'll say, and then of course. And then, of course, I remembered her from like a dozen other things once that clicked. I was like, okay, I know who this is now. I, it was just throwing me off that she was playing somebody who was clearly supposed to be in like her early 20s. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like the, I like um, the, yeah, uh, the crazy girl. Tradition, it's good. Like, the, the, like the crazy outcast girl or whatever. I, I like her. And like when you look at that actress for real, it's like she's actually really beautiful. <laughs> They, they did a great job just kind of homelying her up and stuff because a lot of those times you can see and it just goes like, oh, well, they just clearly just made a, a, a pretty person not not so well, pretty. Look, man, even <laughs> even all uh, dressed down, as it were, given what my proclivities were in, in high school and, and uh, early college, <laughs> uh, not that bad looking. <laughs> Be like, I'm I mean, all right with that. I'm all right. I mean, let, let's let's fucking go put on a Cure album and hang out. Yeah. <laughs> but it was kind of astounding that this but, person, as 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 weird as they were, literally had zero friends. And but like, but like, yeah. there are some interesting things that come up because when she looks on her page and everything, she sees all this artwork and stuff, which, honest to God, is really good. And it's like, why are you in college? You should be out designing and stuff. You shouldn't yeah. be here for this. This is so stupid that you're here. And like, everyone should just encourage you not to be, because not only is it like just like art stuff, it's also like animation and all these other things. It's like clearly done by somebody who is ridiculously talented, the art department. And, <laughs> but it's just, it was funny. I'm just like, why, why is she here? What is she doing? What What do you what? like? No one well, asks what she's know, studying, but, but then it's explained in the plot, right? Like this clear, like, this is going to now happen to to Laura. It's so just spoiler it's alert, silly. right? Like, yeah, well, you'll figure it is silly. 
but, uh, but it, it, it is silly because because like like basically what they're telling us is that there's not another goth in college. Yeah, which is ridiculous. And that and that's yeah, especially what like you're telling me that if these this group of goths met some girl who claimed to be an actual witch, that there's not a a, a single other goth at this school that would hang out with her. You got to be kidding me. Yeah, it's uh it's a little <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no friends and, and, there's no <laughs> yeah but but it was clearly because all of them had died right like the similar thing comes up oh she's she's this weirdo she doesn't have a past she's blah 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 um you know i think something is driving her vengeance wise um and the only way she can get out of that suffering is uh to do it to somebody else and now the cycle's going to continue and that's the best explanation for what happens that i can come up with i don't even know that it matters but that's how i see it at least no yeah pretty much i do like i i just <laughs> all I, all i think about is just like you got to find somebody that's like the uh like that guy in the that king of the hill episode where they're all like satanic folks or whatever <laughs> Uh, the little purple robes and shit. I can't remember the, what they what they called themselves. It's been a while, but that's just I imagine all these people is just like, well, I'm like nine hundred years old and, and such. Sure you are, buddy. Uh so that's friend request. Uh, you, you know, if it's on Netflix, I was say it's worth it's worth a check, checking out if those movies are your thing. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah, if you're into horror, you, you could like. There's a lot worse out there, and like we've seen a lot of and. Coming up this next month here, there's going to be a whole slew of stuff coming in. Uh, so we'll, we'll compare it out, out to those, of course. Uh, so that's it, everybody. Uh, so like we said, uh, we got half an episode here. So we want to give you more because that's what we do. We want to make up for what we do in the other times. So uh, we're going to be coming back with more reviews. Uh, we're going to be doing, what, what are the big ones? Flatliners and American Mate. An American made. And we're the gonna... new movie starring everyone's favorite middle aged lesbian Tignataro. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's genuinely funny. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I did not expect that one coming. Uh, so we'll talk about that and a whole bunch of more movies and things of that nature, because that's what we do around here. Matt, in the meantime, where can we find more of your work on the internet, sir? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Boyd Smith. Um, you can also check out my uh, tinyletter.com slash conspiracy media theory. Um, I'll be sending out another thing. I, I got backed up on traveling. Uh, I was going to send out another one while I was on the road, but now I'm going to do a follow-up and then a new newsletter uh, by Sunday. So subscribe over there, if you will. Do it. Do it now. And, of course, uh, here Movie Podcast, HearMoviePodcast.com. Uh, next episode, we're going to be talking about the first five or so episodes of The Tick on Amazon. So check those out, everybody. Uh, and of course, Nerd Talk Now, usually on Saturdays. I had a big internet problem last Saturday, but don't worry, we'll be back. we got lots of stuff to talk about in these other things, so uh, check that out, nerdtalknow.com. That is it, everybody. Join us, uh, what, maybe in a day or so when you'll get the next episode when we're talking about American Maiden, Flatliners, and a whole bunch more. For Matt Smith, I'm Adam Fortress. See you next time, everybody. Fucking with my style, sorta like a miracle on 34th Street. In the square of Herald, I gained Ella. The bitch caught a fits like Daryl. Dean Ferraro, who's full of sorrow, cause the whole didn't win. But the sun will still come out tomorrow and shine, shine, shine like bone nine. Here comes the drunk monk with a quarter valentine. Pass the bone, kid, pass the bone. Let's get on this mission like Indiana Jones. The Jizza, one who just represent the Wu-Tang clique. 
with the game and soul of an old school flick like the Mac and Dolomite who both did this. Claudine went to Coolia and had mad kids, so stop. The life you say may be your motherfucking own. I'll hang your ass with this microphone. Make way for the merge traffic. Wu Tang's coming through with full metal jackets. Guard squad that's mad.